So good morning listeners and welcome to Come and See Inspirations being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada, County Lermick. And it's the 16th of February, it's the 6th Sunday in ordinary time. And help me to produce the programme this morning, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. Thank you very much, David, Shane, for, for joining me, Shane. Uh, a very special welcome to all those who are listeners, especially those who are housebound and lonely and struggling in some way today. Listeners who support us each week and those who give us inspiration. I met somebody during the week, actually, and this particular person listens to the programme actually online because he works shift work. And what he said, Shane, he said it gives him a lift every week. So, look, thanks for that. Thanks for the inspiration. We'll pray the Holy Spirit will keep on. Give myself and Shane the inspiration to continue doing that. Just to remind those listeners who, uh, who mightn't be aware, this programme is broadcast actually, actually locally on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 Local Radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And it's available for playback and download and come and see inspirations.buzzpread.com. What this man done and what anybody can do is just Google come and see inspirations.buzzpread.com and you'll get us. Now Shane, just before you share the Saints for the week, special guests this week you've got lined up. Can you... Tell us a little yes. bit what to look so forward to. For, part two? For, the second, for the second part of the programme this week, we have a very special guest. We've invited on Father Brian Shortall. Father Brian is a Capuchin friar from Dublin. Uh, we've had him on the programme a couple of times before. He's written a new book called Sending Positive Vibes, so we're going to talk to him about that. And we're also going to talk about the Padre Pio Apostolate in Ireland, because Father Brian was recently um, on the TV there. There was a celebration in County Kerry, and he's just going to come on and explain a few things in relation to that. And just let people know, uh, text 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Email sacredspace102 at gmail.com. If you want to contact us, maybe a comment. Maybe a comment on what Father Brian's going to share with us. Maybe a comment on the music we're playing. 087-6088-667. Shane, we'll have to do a kind of a short version of the, of the science if we can this week, please. Yeah, no hassle. So, Monday is the feast day of St. Fintan, Irish saint associated with Leinster, educated as in Tipperary, and founded his own monastery. Tuesday, the 18th of February, is the feast day of St. Simeon. Simeon, not Simeon associated with the presentation a couple of weeks ago, but rather one of the early 72 disciples, uh, possibly a cousin of Jesus, and succeeded St. James as the leader of the Christian community in Jerusalem after the martyrdom of St. James. Wednesday the 19th is the feast day of St. Boniface of Lausanne, otherwise known as uh, educated in Paris, Cistercian monk near Brussels, noted for his learning. He taught in Paris and then in Cologne, and he was elected Bishop of Lausanne in Switzerland in 1231, and he died in 1260 um, He at his old monastery in Camp, where he retired at the end of his days. Thursday the 20th is the feast day. Now, this is a special one, John. Thursday is the feast days of St. Jacinta and Francesco Marto. Marto, they are the little seers of Fatima. So they're the, tr- the two youngest seers of Fatima, of course, who saw Our Lady in 1917. And they were canonized by Fran- Pope Francis um, there just a couple of years ago. So that's the little, the little shepherds of Fatima, Francesco and Jacinta, whose feast day we celebrate on the 20th of February. 21st of February is the feast day of St. Peter Damien. Now, this guy, he's... Rod, he's a bishop and doctor of the church, died in 1072, was a hermit, and later became a, a cardinal bishop of Ostia, which is one of the key uh, supporting dioceses around the city of Rome. Uh, he was an outstanding reformer of the church, encouraging the reform of the priestly and religious life. 
uh, was involved in a number of church councils. So, and he died, as I said, in 1072. And finally, John, then on Saturday, we have an unusual feast. It is the feast day of the chair of St. Peter. So it's celebrated in Rome and it's also, it's also celebrated, uh, but at a different date in Antioch. Um, and it's associated, of course, with the churches that are founded by St. Peter. And the symbol of the chair was the teaching authority of the Prince of Apostles. Um, from the second century, there was tradition that the chair was actually a relic held in Rome. Not quite sure if that's still true or not. But, of course, it's a day that we pray very much for the successor of St. Peter. We pray for Pope Francis in his leadership of the church. So that's what we have, John, in terms of celestial guides this week. Thanks for sharing that for sharing. So at this part of the programme, I pray a vocations prayer, actually, this particular week. I know we usually pray a spirit of communion prayer, but maybe a, a prayer for vocations this week might be in order. Almighty God, you've called us through baptism to discipleship with your son, Jesus Christ, and you've sent us to bring the good news of salvation to all peoples. We pray that those whom God is calling from our community to serve him in priesthood and religious life may respond with generosity and faith and that they may receive support, encouragement and spiritual nourishment for the seed of their vocation in their families, in our wider parish community. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So now we'll go for our first bit of music. Um, this one, actually, it's The Bells of the Angelus by Phil Cooter. I meant to play it last week, it being the Feast of Our Lady of Lewis during the week. But anyway, this time, relax and enjoy this piece of instrumental music by Phil Cooter. Uh, the Bells of the Angelus, and come back and join us with Brian, Brian Shortall and Shane in part two.
So welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined on the other end of the Skype line by Shane. And it's like for us to welcome back again, uh, actually it's about two and a half years ago, I think it is, since uh, our previous guest was on, Father, Father Brian Shortall, who's a Capuchin, born in Dublin and very much involved with the Padre Pio apostolate there. Good morning to you, Father Brian, and welcome again to Come and See Inspirations. Lovely to join you again. Good morning. Thank Good you. morning, Father Brian. Good morning. Uh, pleasure to have you on the program. Well, as John said, we're going to. We have a couple of things we want to talk to you about uh, this mm. morning for our listeners. Now, I suppose the first thing is we better do the plug bit first, will we? So the last time <laughs> we had you, the last time we had you on the program, you had just written a book which had proven to be quite popular, which was uh, "Tired of All the Bad News," and that was published in 2016. Now, yeah. you have a new one out, and it's called Sending Positive Vibes. Now, yeah. if, I was, if I was looking at that title, I'd be kind of going, aha, uh-huh, what's he talking about? <laughs> How would you sum it up? Well, to be honest, um, I, I suppose the, the, in, a, in a couple of sentences, um, it, first of all, I, like the first book, was writing uh, away and typing away and you know, writing homilies and blogging, and uh, I, I had, you know, the bones of a book, uh, a second book published. And what happened then was uh, I sent it in to the publishers. Now, the publishers were for calling it uh, something like positivity or positive vibes. I hadn't particularly given a name to it. I was fairly sure about the name for the first book. Right. Um, but I wasn't so sure about a name. Now, I was toying around with a few different titles. Uh, but uh, in fact, the, the the publishers in Columba Books were uh, really uh, eager to call it "Sending Positive Vibes." And to be honest with you, I wasn't so sure about that. I wasn't so sure about the title. Mm. But when uh, I went for the photo call, and when they showed me some of the artwork and some of the covers, I kind of went, "Ah, you know, now I see what they mean." You know, you kind of have to see it in the round. And I actually showed a, a screen grab of it to some of the family, and uh, they they thought it was it was a winner. And and actually, when I thought about it and and and, and so on, I was uh, reminded inside of my you know my my great uh, my great fondness for and my great um, um, respect for Pope Francis. Mm. And shortly after Pope Francis became. Uh, Pope, shortly around the time he was elected Pope, I think two days after it or three days after it. Now, this is not, new, this is not unique to Pope Francis. I, I do know that other Popes, about a week or maybe a few days or a week after they are elected, they bring the press corps in and they thank them for their coverage right. of the election and the, the, the papal inauguration, or what they used to call coronation. And I've, you know, John Paul did it, Benedict did it, and so on. Francis, at the end of it, as he always does, says, non dimenticare, preghiare per me. Don't, don't forget to pray for me. He always says that, and don't forget to pray for me. He says it all the time. But he also said, I think, on that occasion, he said, and if you don't pray, sure, look, send me your positive thoughts. Send me your positive vibes. And so that's where, you know, when I looked at the title of the book, I said, yeah, now I see. And and it's caught on, and, and people people are... 
people are talking about it and people are people are are, are, are supportive of it you know mm. well i i have to say i i got a copy of the book and i i was reading through it and i actually found it very hard to put down um, it's a nice, it's a nice mix of different. If I if I was describing it to other people, I'd say it's a nice different mix of things. So there's there's a couple of examples of your homilies that you've written, thoughts and mm. reflections about different things. Uh, there's a personal reflection which we'll get to in a minute. But I think one of the ones that actually stood out for me was it, I was I, I don't know why, but it was um, it was the homily you gave for the funeral of Ben Farrell, yeah, who was a young lad that uh, that died. And it's, 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 I don't know, it, it, for some strange reason, it, it just, it, it stayed with me for days after. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, um, uh, where is it? Um, there's not a mother anywhere or a father who wouldn't swap places in a heartbeat with a sick child. And mm-hmm. every dad and mam and nana and granddad feels the pain of a child and walks it every step of the way. Ben could handle it because he comes from good stock. You made him what he is and was. And I have to say, when I was reading the book, I burst into tears when I just got to that uh, line. I thought it was the, it was a beautiful way of doing it, and it was a beautiful way of comforting a family. Uh, I taught myself, and I, I hope it was a comfort to the family the day of the funeral and afterwards as well. But it, you know, and then it, it, it's you you cover different things. It, it's a wonderful little short stories. There's a reflection on sorrowful mysteries. There's a thing about John Paul. There's a short little bit about Padre Pio, which we'll come back to. Um, different bits about the fundraising that you had to do to rebuild your old parish church that you had in the city centre. And I mm. said to myself, oh, that can't have been an easy job. Um, in terms of, I suppose, writing the book, Brian, and putting it together, um, when, like it's a, it, there's different things in it. If you were, for you as, a, as an individual, as a writer, what was it about, what were you trying to do for people, I suppose, with the book? Sure, I don't know. Um... <laughs> That's okay, that's an honest answer. That's an honest answer. I mean, I wasn't exactly expecting a James Joyce response, but you know what, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> I don't know, I mean, I tell you, uh, like, you're very kind, and, 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 and you know, the, your, your programme, and, and, and your, both your programme and, and, and so on are very kind to kind of support it. Uh, in terms of you know wanting me to talk about it on the radio, which which nicely sort of uh, gives it publicity, um, uh, and then people who are listening in might be able to track it down. I think it's in pretty much most good bookshops, mm. and I know that Columba Books, uh, you know, would be very open to you know making sure that there are plenty copies available. But uh, but I mean I, I I suppose to be honest with you, and I mean this is not me trying to be this is not me trying to be. You know, uh, holy or 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 or, or kind of holy Joe like, but you know, I mean, what am I trying to do with the book? Is I'm trying to advance the kingdom of God. I'm trying to to remind people about the love of Jesus Christ for each of us. Mm. Now, I mean, that 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 is pretty much fundamental. Now, I mean, for me, I I, I hope I'd have to do that because I'm I'm, I'm a you know Capuchin Franciscan friar and I'm an ordained. I'm a priest of the Capuchin Franciscan Order, so I mean, I better be about the advancement of the Kingdom of God, otherwise what am I at like? It just so happens that, that that's, that's, that's my bread and butter, that's my vocation, that's my, and that's been my story, I suppose, since I joined the Order, and that's been my story before I joined the Order in terms of, I suppose, my eventual arrival at, at, at the Capuchins, you know. Um, so, 
But I suppose I'm also sort of saying, look, an ordinary guy from a suburban Dublin family where my mum and dad had seven of us, uh, where, like most people in the 1970s and 1980s, there wasn't an awful lot of money around. Mm. Like most people, you know, in, 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 in kind of, in Ireland, and especially in urban life, there was moments of, you know, hardship and moments of, you know, where's the money going to come from at the end of the week and moments of, I mean, there was unemployment and there was there was kind of, uh, you know, and, and then there was kind of the, another, ch- ch- you know, in the neighbourhood and in, in our own family, you know, there was small kids arriving and, you know, so, and I, or, as, as an ordinary lad, a schoolboy, you know, growing up with, with, my, with my siblings and then, you know, as a teenager, you know, going to discos, Doing DJ at discos at the at the, at the teenage discos and on on a couple of the um, there was a, a local radio station starting off and we were we were kind of involved in that for a while and also uh, break dancing and going out with girls could suddenly become or you know find his way to the Capuchin Order and 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 you know eventually come through the formation and training process and you know hey presto thirty thirty two years later you know find himself as a parish priest. So that's that's kind of it, really, you know. Um, and the, that's just the story so far, you know. I mean, it'll take more twists and turns, I'm sure, as the, as the years unfold. Exactly. Now, I have to say, I have to say, one of the chapters I really liked um, mm. is the one. It's um, how do you pronounce it? Seraphic humor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So otherwise known as overheard in the friary, where <laughs> Father Brian gives little anecdotes. Of little conversations among the brethren, uh, generally right. around the dinner table, and I have mm. to say they were some of them were quite a bit laugh out loud, and mm. um, uh, it's it, it, it I have to say very very funny and very enjoyable. It's, it's hard to kind of get them sometimes when you read them. You'd have to sort of hear them uh, yeah. more more or be there, uh, you know. But there was like there was some laugh out. I mean, there's some moments like all I need to do is just say to one of the friars, he had no money. Wherever I am, whatever I mean, I'll be going down to Cork now again. I've a, I've a, a friends of mine; their little baby is being christened uh, later on in the month, and I'm going down to Cork to to join them and christen the baby, please God. And I'm going to stay, please God, in one of the in that priory, and I'm going to meet that man, and I'm going to say he had no money, and and the two of us will just burst out laughing <laughs> because we were there the day that old brother who has now gone to God, who spent his life as a burser both in Africa and Ireland, and the. Antiphon on the Monday of Holy Week. There, there are somber antiphons. It's the lead into Easter, Holy Thursday, Good Friday. It's lead into Easter, and the the solemnity and the somberness and the kind of almost starkness of of the prayers. And it was he had no beauty, you know. To and yeah, man comes out when he had no money. <laughs> <laughs> to be there I mean we, I, 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 like, like we're only human and like, we just had to abandon the prayers we just had to get out we just couldn't you know everybody laughed and it was just we, we, it was it was just you had to see us we were like kids honest to God <laughs> you know that's allowed that's allowed that's mm, mm. um, <laughs> one, one of the last things on, for the book that mm. I would recommend to listeners is of course is actually the, the epilogue at the end it's actually written I think it's your brother Kevin is it Kevin my brother wrote it yeah, 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 yeah and yeah. you know what it is, it's a beautiful tribute from one brother mm. to another I have mm. to say mm. and obviously very heart, heartfelt and there's a beautiful, <clears throat> Kevin gives a beautiful reflection about faith uh, in the last, mm. last section of it. And he's saying, faith is earned and built, collected and grown and, to- grown and toiled for, lost and found again, 
prayed for and walked and talked and challenged. Mm, mm, and you know, it's I would say to people, if you get the book, it's literally it's on page 174. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful reflection uh, on the journey of faith that we all make in life. And I, mm, Father right. Brian, I would definitely say, you know, you're doing your job description. You're evangelizing the world with this publication and well done. <laughs> Thanks so, as, as Father Brian said, it's called Sending Positive Vibes. It's produced by Colum- it's published by Columba Books. And as they say on, on all other programs, it's available in all good bookshops. Now, we also wanted to talk to uh, Father Brian as well about two other things that, as we had him on the program. Mm-hmm. About three or four weeks ago, um, Father Brian, you appeared on RT television. And it was rather an interesting day. Um, was yeah. What else was going on? Well, in fact, in fact, what happened was, can I just say because I didn't get a chance to kind of, I suppose to 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 because you, you know on RT television you are naturally enough, um, you know, there, there's a lot of other things kind of uh, coming up, you know, in uh, both locally, nationally, and in the world. And uh, in fact, I was down in a place called Castle Island in County. Kerry, uh, because uh, Marie Conway and Father Mossy Brick down there have, uh, with others, the Padre Pio prayer group down there, the, 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 and, and uh, they invited me down as, I'm sort of, the other hat I wear, apart from being parish priest here in St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Priorswood, it's a great city, north, suburban city parish in Dublin. Uh, where is it? I suppose in the locality relatively near, you would have Beaumont Hospital, you would have the Northside Shopping Centre, you would have uh, Clare Hall, um, you would have the M50, and I suppose most famously of all, perhaps, in Priorswood or near Priorswood, you would have the next door parish would be Dublin Airport. So that's where we are. So I'm PP there. But the other hat I wear is I'm the National Director for the Padre Pio Apostolate. So the Capuchins have set up the Padre Pio office in Church Street since... Eileen Maguire retired the Padre Pio, the Irish office for Padre Pio, which was on 58 Dufferin Avenue on the Third Circular Road, is now in the Capuchin Priory Church Street, and I'm kind of the point man. Now, the staff there looking after it and running the machinery of the office, but I kind of am the front man of it. So I was down in, in North Kerry with the great father Mossy Brick, a wonderful friend of Padre Pio, and uh, Marie Conway, and as I said again, the Padre Pio team down there, and... Mossy said to me, by the way, Susie, RTE are coming to do a feature on the news. Uh, and uh, I sort of said to myself, they're going to record it and maybe it'll go out nationwide or something. Mm. So Pascal Sheehy arrived with his cameraman and we got chatting and Pascal, of course, is, um, you know, uh, one of these people that you, you could talk to him as easily about religion as you could, about Cork GAA, as you could, about soccer, as you could, about music. I mean, you know, just he's very, very interesting man and you know, so uh, he said, I said, but, but, by the way, Brian, this is going out on the 9 o'clock news tonight. I said, yes, what? <laughs> he said, this is going out on the 9 o'clock news tonight. Now, I had already been on the radio live that morning because I had travelled down from Dublin. I stayed overnight in, in Limerick and I was on my way, you know, through, you know where Foynes is and into North Kerry that way. I and I had to pull the car in. I had to pull the car in because your colleague, uh, your one of your radio, one of your other more famous, um, uh, uh, famous radio colleagues from from another parish, um, Neil Boylan, rang me up because he had read a section of the book about. Um, do you know the one about um, uh, Little Did We Know about the the, the 
the, the memories I had as a kid growing up about the buses and about the... And he thought it was fabulous. He read it on... It was covered on the journal. So, of course, I had just come off the radio. He, Neil, Neil Boylan was, 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 was really delighted about the, 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 the article. And he, he said, I have to get this guy on the radio. I have to talk to this guy about that. And we were reminiscing about that. And then, of course, I came back and I got into the car and drove on down to Kerry. So that day I was kind of spoiled. So, so I, I, we got to the, the church and the people were starting to arrive and the church was starting to fill up. And Pascal Sheehy from RTE and the uh, cameraman arrived and they set up and they wanted to interview me and they wanted to interview Father Mossy and they wanted to see the Padre Pio glove and, and so on. And then that was it. Because we were at the Mass and we were, you know, involved in the, 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 the liturgy and, you know, the, the, the Mass started kind of around 8 o'clock. So, of course, we went right through the live news and we were there till kind of nearly half 11, nearly midnight, because there was a thousand people in the church. Mm. There was a thousand people in the church. A thousand people in the church when, you know, some people would say, this is, you know, nobody goes to the church anymore or very few go to the church or what's the point? There was a thousand people in the church that night. It was and, and it was absolutely phenomenal. So on a night when, as I said to so many people, I mean, it blew me away. On a night when, you know, uh, we got the news that the great Larry Gogan had died that day. We had heard the news that another RTU great, Marion Fanukan, was being laid to rest that day. On a night when, diplomatically, there was huge tension between the United States and Iran all over the news, all over the international news. On a night when, as we now know, um, the fires were burning uh, in uh, Australia, Padre Pio got 1 minute and 42 seconds on the main evening news on RTE. It was extraordinary. Extraordinary. And I suppose Padre Pio, I suppose many people will know his story, but one of the things I'm, I'm going to pick you up on there and I'm going to ask you a question about is mm. you mentioned the Padre Pio mittens. Mm. Now, will you explain to our listeners what they are and what it is about them and just the whole thing about the mittens? Because I suppose to some people, like, it could seem a bit a bit strange because yeah. I work in an organisation, actually, and I work with people from many different countries. And mm. it actually came up in conversation one of the days about after the news thing. And... Uh, you know, trying to explain this, this concept of of, of 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 the mittens as relics. So, what exactly are they, and what what is this that is involved with us when we when 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 they're involved in a liturgical celebration? No, no, no. Just very quickly to to explain uh, uh, the background. Uh, Padre Pio, of course, was born in 1887. He died in 1968. So he lived relatively in our lifetime. He was a Capuchin Franciscan friar and a priest who um, had uh, hugely significant spiritual experiences, um, uh, which were um, a part of his life pretty much all through his life, from the time he was a child all the way through till he was a, 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 a priest uh, a, and so on, and in the friary, mostly in a place called San Giovanni Rotondo, which is uh, in what they call the breadbasket of Italy, down in kind of, if you think of uh, the, the leg of Italy, down sort of towards the heel of the leg of Italy in southeastern Italy. Mm. So that's where, where, where he lived. Now, um, he was quite a prayerful man, a very spiritual man, a very holy man, deeply holy man from a very young age, and noticed 
that, you know, he was experiencing kind of phenomena like he was experiencing, you know, um, I don't know, visions of, 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 of different saints of the Lord and things like that. And, and of course, he thought that everybody, that this happened to everybody, but he, he, he suddenly, I suppose, w- one day realized that it, not everybody gets these experiences and so on. So he, 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 he was um, ordained in the year 1910, and uh, about a year after he was ordained, he started to notice that he had extremely painful um, you know, experiences, like, you know, like pain, especially in his, in his hands and in his feet and in his side. And he kind of knew spiritually what was going on, and and he he he, he kind of prayed through it and and uh, and all the rest. And he he had a, a spiritual director or a person he used to go to confession to, and a person he used to sort of talk to about his spiritual experiences. And you know, they were they were kind of a support to him. And he used to write about his experiences in journals and things like that. In nineteen in nineteen sixteen, he was moved to the monastery of San Giovanni Rotondo, where he lived until he was until he died over 50 years later and in prayer one evening um, September I think it was 1918 he started to notice that the pains in his hands and feet became quite extreme um, and the pain in his side and as he emerged from the prayer he he noticed that the hands were bleeding quite badly and the feet were bleeding and his side was bleeding and some of the friars kind of saw what was happening and they took him and they started to dress his wounds and, 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 and so on. But the, the wounds wouldn't heal. And they, in fact, they, they, they kept weeping blood, but, but bled quite badly, especially on Thursday nights and Fridays every week. Uh, and the pain would be, you know, like, like the tide coming in and out, the pain would be excruciating or the pain would be just very annoying and very dull. The, the, the wounds also were accompanied by a scent or a perfume of fresh flowers or sweet tobacco. Very, very, very pungent, powerfully sweet smell. Now, rotting flesh doesn't smell like that, but this did. So over the time, they would, each day they would dress the wounds is because, you know, he had, there was left plenty of capuchins in the house that time and he had a couple of people who used to look after him. And they would dress the wounds and they would bandage the wounds and they would put a little little brown mitten, a little brown glove over the over the wounds, which he wore more or less all the time. Now, they changed the gloves pretty frequently um, to fresh mittens. And, you know, apart from, I suppose, times when, you know, the medical doctors would investigate the phenomena and notice that they, they, they never, the, the wounds never closed and the, the, the bleeding pretty much never stopped. He never experienced any loss of blood. He never actually got anemic. Because he was quite, he was quite, he wasn't a small man. He was, quite, he was quite a stocky man. He was actually five foot eleven. He was kind of a big, big country man, you know, like a brawny man. And the, the and the mittens were worn over a bandage, just that would keep the wounds kind of clean and so on. So there was the the the, the, the Padre Pio mitten is a sort of a. For people, it's like a talisman. I don't know how you describe it. I mean, some people um, would would even rather get blessed or venerate the, the mitten of Padre Pio than another type of relic. I suppose relics, just to kind of explain, maybe just to take a sidestep, we would have as human beings great, great, you know, devotion to saints. Like, I mean, for many people, St. Anthony probably is the number one. St. Therese, the little flower, you know, 
lilies on St. Anthony's Day, roses on the little flowers, Teresa's Day. Um, people would, be, would would love little the, the, the St. Martin de Porres, uh, the, you know, some people love St. Joseph's. You know, it depends on the church you go to and the candle light. Padre Pio, you know, is a saint that lived pretty much in our time, so we can kind of connect more easily with the saint that lived in our time. We can see him in film, we can hear his voice, we, we, we've seen photographs and coloured photographs of him and so on. But um, the, the mitten, for some reason or another, it, it, just, it just ticks a box. Uh, you know, again, as I say, we all love, you know, our heroes and our stars, and I mean, I have... Uh, you know, a Munster rugby jersey signed by all the Munster players when I was based in Cork and I got to know some of them and I treasured that, you know, um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a sort of, a, a, you know, a, a, a something I prize. I have um, I, I have an Ireland jersey uh, signed by Roy Keane. I have a Man United jersey signed by Roy Keane because I would I'd be a big fan of, I would have been a big fan of Man United, a big fan of Roy Keane. And, like, some people go for, like, for example, the, the Larry Mullins drumsticks or you know, the Edges guitar, you know, so we all have precious things. For people, Padre Pio's love is a very precious thing, and to be near it or to be blessed by it or to venerate it, and and they do in their thousands, and they do in their tens of thousands. And, you know, other some people might say, is, is this where we want to go? Is it, you know, is, is this what we want to become? But, like, the, the, the reality is, I mean, that night in Castle Island, there was over a thousand people there on a cold winter's night, you know. Now, the mitten is not magic. There is no material in Padre Pio's mitten that heals people or that, you know, brings about miracles. The, the, the miracle worker is Christ. Is Jesus Christ is the healer. Padre Pio is like the conduit. It's like the kind of the agent for the Lord. So we just need to kind of make sure that like, we, we, there are sorts of protocols that we follow when we go, for example, with the mitten to hospitals. And there are huge requests for people for the for the for the for the project here to be brought to hospitals, make sure that the chaplain is okay with it, and certainly make sure that the the nurse in charge is aware of it, and most importantly that the person themselves wants it, because sometimes well-meaning relatives will organise it without the knowledge of the sick person, um, and yet you know people are in hospital to get better because medics, nurses, surgeons, care work, they're the healers. Padre Pio is, is obviously, and, 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 and the chaplain's pastoral care helps, but, you know, the, the, I, I've, I'm always in, in have great respect for the, the people who work in hospitals, especially our nursing staff and our medical staff, because they, they, they do the real hard work. That's a long... I've, I've, I've spoken a long time there now. I hope, I hope that's OK. That's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. And do you know what? You've answered pretty much any of the questions that I was going to ask <laughs> Which is great, actually. It's great for me. I don't have to do so much talking. Listeners yeah. get tired of listening to my voice. So, <laughs> Father Brian, we're going to... Uh, just First of all, thanks for coming on. Uh, we're, going no to, we're going to bring this part of the, the programme just to a, a quick close. So, I, again, just to, just to say, it, um, Father Brian's book is Sending Positive Vibes. It's uh, published by Columba Books and is out in all good bookshops. And, and also, he does blog from time to time for those that are online. He has a blog called Tired of All the Bad News. And he updates it with homilies and reflections, uh, which are generally well worth your time and effort uh, to read because I, uh, you know, with all the effort that uh, he himself puts into it. So, Father Brian, if you stay there, and we'll be back in a few minutes with uh, part three of the programme. So, at this part, of the pro- this part of the programme now, we might go for a second piece of music. This one may be appropriately so. It's a hymn by, sung by Alex Quinn, and this one is entitled 
him to Padre Pio. So join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Word of God, uh, Shane, myself and Father Brian. Let's sing a new song To start each new day Your sins give to Jesus Let Him wash them away Ask your little angel To watch over you Send your angel to Padre He can't refuse you Saint Padre Pio Our Saint Artemico We've sent you our angels They've collected our tears Saint Padre Pio, our Saint Artemico, please pass our intentions to the hands of our Lord. Saint Padre Pio, like Saint Francis had done. He suffered the five wounds Of God's only Son His devotion to Mary With his rosaries each day To the sweetheart of Jesus He always would pray Saint Padre Pio, our Saint Artemico, we've sent you our angels, they've collected our tears. Saint Padre Pio, our Saint Artemico. Please pass our intentions to the hands of our Lord. Examine your conscience, every thought in your mind. Weekly confession for the peace you will find. Daily communion Read the scriptures each day Then focus on Jesus Padre showed us the way Saint Padre Pio Our Saint Aramico sent you our angels they've collected our tears Saint Padre Pio 
our saint, our amigo. Please pass our intentions to the hands of our Lord. Please pass our intentions to the hands of our Lord. To the hands of our Lord. So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joined uh, on the other end of the Skype line by uh, Father Brian Shorto, a Capuchin from Dublin, and Shane Ambrose. Uh, thanks again, Father Brian, for, for sharing that beautiful information with us. And I'm sure uh, people are very much interested in buying your book. Uh, there's a lady sitting next to me here inside the studio, and she's certainly going to go out tomorrow and get the book. So, but however, this is the most important part of any program we do, where we read and reflect on the Word of God, the Sunday Gospel. Before that, Shane will share a prayer. We always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 So the Gospel for today, the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 17 to 37. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not imagine that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to complete them. I tell you solemnly, till heaven and earth disappear, not one dot, not one little stroke will disappear from the law until its purpose is achieved. Therefore, the man who infringes even one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be considered the least in the kingdom of heaven. But the man who keeps them and teaches them will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, if your virtue goes no deeper than that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. You have learnt how it was with your ancestors. You must not kill. And if anyone does kill, he must answer for it before the court. But I say this to you. Anyone who is angry with his brother will answer for it before the court. You must have learnt how it was said, you must not commit adultery. But I say this to you. If a man looks at a woman lustfully, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And again, you have learnt how it was said to your ancestors, you must not break your oaths, but must fulfil your oaths to the Lord. But I say this to you, do not swear at all. All you need to say is, yes if you mean yes, and no if you mean no. Anything more that comes, anything more than this, comes from the evil one. So that's the Gospel for this week, the sixth Sunday in Ordinary Time. Father Brian, would you like to share a few reflections with us, please? Absolutely. What, 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 I, what I love about the, the, well, 
the, the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke and, and John's gospel. What I love uh, that kind of occurs all across the gospels is the idea that Jesus pitches his message, uh, you know, to to different groups. So, so when Jesus is speaking to the crowds, to the people, you know, he he kind of tells parables, or he kinds of he kind of gives a, a a sort of a you know an opportunity for people to learn and and you know to kind of maybe. He picks up on kind of the world around them, on maybe the farming world, the natural world, the fisherman's world, the the kind of the 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 the, the, the struggles of people who maybe are who are trying to kind of you know um, you know get well or, or or you know people who are poor or people who are injured or broken or. And he, and he pitches his message to them, and it's a message of compassion, but it's also a message that kind of gives them a bit of a push in some ways, too. That, that he speaks to the, the Pharisees and the scribes, and sometimes that's always with a real punch, because, you know, in, in some cases they, they're not interested, they're not listening, and they're only there to catch him out. So sometimes it's just, there, there's a sort of a, you know, there's a challenge, there's a real challenge there for them. When he speaks to his disciples, though, it's really high voltage stuff. For me, when I when I kind of observe Jesus when he talks to his disciples, he's in teaching mode. These are the guys that are going to come after him. These are the guys that are going to pass on the message. These are the guys who have to use a NASA expression. And in fact, we saw it last on this gospel. The whole idea of salt. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He was speaking again. You know, they have the right stuff. He knows they have the right stuff. And, and so, therefore, he he kind of is 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 giving them, he's giving them pretty pretty high voltage stuff. So, so like he's and and, and he's 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 kind of teaching them, you know, the disciples, and he's 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 kind of leading them, and he's also perhaps um, coaching them in you know in terms of the fact that they're going to have you're going to have to kind of pass this message on. So here's the answers. Here is the way to kind of cope with these things. And an awful lot of what he's saying is actually very obvious too, because what he's saying, without going into, again, the, 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 the details of, you know, the, the eye for eye kind of thing, or the person who looks lustfully and so on, what he's actually saying is, he's actually saying, look, guys, you've got to tell the people that in order to be happy, in order to be content, in order to be fulfilled, in order to be, you know, able to go around the world with a smile on your face, you have to live good lives. The, the 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 benefits of living a good life is that you will kind of you will you will have a spring in your step, and so tell the people that, and tell the people to be selfless, and tell the people to treat others with respect, and tell the people not to be looking for revenge, and tell the people, you know, not to be kind of trying to get your own back, because that has set us back. So that's I, that's what I would pick up. Uh, I really get great, great kind of energy from from seeing the way Jesus interacts. Because, and by the way, when Jesus is saying it to these people two thousand years ago, according to Matthew's Gospel, he's also saying it to us today in twenty twenty. Brian, thank you so much for that. Shane, we got about two or three minutes left. Anything you'd like to share? Um, I, I, I just take it off what, what Father Brian said, and kind of just just looking back over the the, the Gospel again, and. I suppose one of the things I suppose was that it's that whole business of rules and regulations. I suppose was what kind of struck me, and I suppose 
it, 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 the, the strange thing about the, the, the law and the prophets in the Jewish tradition, I suppose, was that it was there to help them to get closer to God. Um, but the problem, of course, was that at times, particularly with the, with the, the tradition of the scribes and the Pharisees, it had become very um, prescriptive and mm. moralistic and very much focused on the externals. And I, th I was thinking about that, and I was thinking to myself, hmm, you know, that's, 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 that's something, I suppose, that could be thrown at us, too, from time to time. Yeah. Um, you know, we, 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 have a, we have a very dangerous tendency sometimes to focus on the externals. Um, and, I, I don't, and I don't necessarily mean just in the context of religious practice. You know, a friend of mine had a great expression. He used to, he, he, he knew one or two people, and you kind of wonder about him. He had an expression, he'd say, all for a coat, and it's just, just you know very much looking at the the the, the externals and and in, in a world which we live in and which is very hyper um, visual, hyper connected, very 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 much projecting out. Um, I suppose there, the the call in this Sunday's gospel is I think to go back in to reconnect with the hard things that sometimes being a disciple of Jesus is about, because mm -hmm. it's not easy. Let's 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 be frank, like you know, the the, the, the no. gospel, the gospel that we have is very countercultural, and it's very hard sometimes to respond to that. But I'm also reminded of what Pope Benedict XVI said, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase slightly. And he said, "We have to explain to people that Christian faith is not just a series of do's and don'ts, and particularly yeah. don'ts. We, we we very much have that tendency to see it in that regard, and particularly in an Irish context, I think we see it in that regard. Mm -hmm. And the thing about the gospel that struck me this week was seeking to follow what we're called to follow in a very true way, because Jesus was calling out the scribes and the Pharisees and saying, "You were they were distorting the law and the prophets. They were not giving freedom to the people of God to be in that relationship with Him." And I suppose mm -hmm. another way of looking at it is. Maybe it's to call to explore and to be open and to be aware of the spirit of the law, not just its literal meaning. That it that the call to be Christian, what is a call to be in communion and in community. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a call to be joyful, as Father Brian said, and that this Sunday's gospel for us is a pointer to us that, you know, how that we shouldn't get caught up in things that are taking, distracting and leading us away as best we can for our age and station in life. And for me, I think that was what this, this week's gospel um, was kind of was kind of reflecting and, and saying to me, um, maybe not the easiest gospel in the world to listen to. I definitely think it would be a hard one to listen to. But as we say every week on this program, John, the whole idea of Lexio Divina, which we encourage people to do, is that you stay with the passage you read, you reflect, you read it again, you read it again, and you listen to how it's interrogating you in your life and what's speaking to you. Because scripture was not just written 2,000 years ago. It still speaks to us today. And that's mm -hmm. what we remind each other uh, uh, um, as we listen to the gospel this Sunday. Shane, thank you so much for that. We've got about, about 30 seconds or a minute left. Father Brian, any final thoughts you want to leave us? I, I love the... Uh, image, I, I, I get very uh, excited about it when I listen to it again and I, I try to put this image across to people and uh, 
I don't know if it's originally Fulton Sheen's, Archbishop Fulton Sheen's, uh, 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 you know, uh, example or image, but certainly I heard him preach it, and, you know, God willing, you know, the uh, process for his beatification will be, will, will, will be back on track um, uh, soon. Um, but he, he spoke about the, 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 the Scripture being the living Word of God. And he said that, you know, that when you, when, you, when you come to the Scriptures and when you read the Scriptures, that you must see that, that the Scriptures are a real presence of Christ, so that if you cut the pages, blood would flow, not ink. I really love that image. That, like, that when, we put, when we place the Scriptures upon, upon the, uh, the lectern, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the altar, you know, at, 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 there's a moment in, 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 the, in the liturgy, in the Mass, when you have Christ really present in, in, the, in the Word and also in the Eucharist. It's a very powerful image. So that's, that's, that's what I'd like to, to kind of go away from, from here with today, you know. Father Brian, thank you so much for, for, for joining us today and, and spending some time. I know you're, you're very busy between your apostolate and, and between PP of your, your parish there in Dublin. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. And maybe you might join us again sometime if we give you a shout. I'd be delighted. Keep me in the prayers now. We're just about to say it. And we'll pray for you. Thank you so much. In the meantime, we'll finish up the programme with another uh, piece of music dedicated to Padre Pio. This is uh, entitled Padre Pio, Pray For Me, and it's by, Monk, Mon, uh, by Mike Conti. So from us all here uh, and come and see inspiration, God bless you all now. Have a good week. Bye-bye now. Touching hearts with so much love as you live your life.